When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis, and laughing on the other side. I'm not exactly sure why yet. Uh, who are you, sir? I'm your producer. I'm Matt Duncan. Uh, yes, I was laughing because you keep getting your your intro cut off, and it keeps getting cut off more. Uh, oh, so it's like, I'm going the wrong way. Yeah, you're going the nice. wrong way. So it's just, yeah, makes me giggle whenever I see it. But Fred, you know what? We're full of food. We're full of family. How you doing? I'm full of, <laughs> I'm full of uh, family feud. Uh, I, I, I finished uh, family feud yesterday. So uh, um, I'm exhausted, but um, I am excited to dive into this Raptor season. Uh, yeah. Maddie, is there anything you want to let folks know off the top before we get rolling here? Listen, if you've been listening to us since the beginning or just as we've joined Raptors Republic, we are officially into into our 10th season of the Confederacy of Dunks. This is our first episode of that, 264th overall. So we've talked a lot of raps over the years. And yeah, I'm excited. Season 10, double digits. Let's go. Beauty. Um... Uh, I will say right before I enter the guests, uh, free Brittany Griner. Um, I will keep saying that until she is free. Uh, okay, um, let's bring on guest number one. Uh, he is a producer at Sportsnet. Um, you know, he's part of the On Blast uh, podcast network. He's been on this pod a bunch of times. He's an awesome dude. Uh, great Raptors mind. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Sheldon Alexander. All right, that was a pretty good dance. Hey, can I be honest with you guys? One of my favorite parts of coming on is the intro music. No matter what, it just hits me every time. Every time it gets me. Every time. That uh, that that's music to our ears because often people despise <laughs> the songs. I want the song is like my alarm clock in the morning. I like that. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. I, I, I was happy with my dance. I held my breath for some reason, but um, thanks for joining, dude. Oh, no problem. Happy to be on. I mean, happy that basketball's here because the off season seems long and seems short in some points. Like it's very strange. But when it's here, I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. 
Yeah, me too. And, you know, good, good point on it seemed long and short, uh, it seeming long and short at the same time, because I, I do feel that as well, where it's like people say it's a, you know, it's a, uh, the, the basketball calendar never stops. And it's like, it doesn't stop, but it slows down and gets weird. Mm-hmm. There's a um, moment we got tired of talking about KD, right? Yeah. Is he going to get traded? <laughs> and then it's like, he's not. And then it's like, wait, was this a whole month of nothing? Um, all right, let's, uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, one of my oldest friends in the world. Um, you know, he's got real long reach, good at basketball. Uh, he is one of the most, Funny people in all of Canada. Uh, incredible stand-up, incredible writer. Give it up as loud as you can for Adam Christie. <laughs> Hi, Freddie. Very excited to be here. I had a terrific off-season. I lost 48 pounds. <laughs> I gained 12 pounds of muscle. Russell Westbrook is my best friend. I've lost five pounds of meniscus cartilage in my knee, and I've developed a three-point shot. Let's get it. Wow, wow. this guy's hype. Let's wow. talk about KD. One <laughs> Let's talk about KD. Yeah, this is a KD pod. Uh, I hope like everyone's it. ready. We're rehashing the summer. Um, We're talking about KD. We're talking about the Draymond punch. Two hours. Let's get it. Let's start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, this is a two-hour pod. Two subjects only. Um, all right, let's uh, let's dive right into some Raptor stuff. Maddie D, would you please give me your most delicious, weird Raptors sting? Um, that is Maddie D saying Raptors fans assemble, but the assemble <laughs> part—it's like you got you got you know sucked up by a helicopter or something. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Um, <laughs> Adam, let's go to you first. Hi. Uh, we are talking about um, Kevin Nick- Durant is not. <laughs> yeah, we're talking, about, we're talking about KD. We're talking about. Um, Draymond punching Jordan Poole. You got to suspend him for 10 games to set an example to the league, Freddie. Sure, sure. Um, (laughs) We are actually talking about Nick Nurse on the Bob McCowan podcast. Uh, I don't know where I am in my life that I'm talking about Bob freaking McCowan. But uh, here we are. Um, uh, He was on the Bob McCowan podcast and... I feel like Nurse doesn't usually come down this like author- authoritatively um, on lineup stuff, but he straight up said, uh, and I- I'm going to quote um, Oren Weisfeld uh, from Raptors Republic, uh, his tweets from, from yesterday. Uh, Nick Nurse went on the Bob McCown podcast, said uh, Gary Trent Jr. has played so well that he earned a, star- a starting spot and will be, and it will be that way for time for the time being um and you know a bunch of other stuff as well but that's sort of what i want to focus on here uh there's been a lot of talk about precious uh over gary um you know sort of like what we do with our starting lineup so it's interesting to me that nick uh kind of let everyone know this is this is sort of a dead subject going forward obviously we can speculate um that he's like lying or something but um (laughs) 
Yeah, how do you feel about this starting lineup, Adam? Uh, same as last year. Is it does it matter to you? Like, where are you at with that? I feel like in a regular uh, world where um, regular coaches uh, sometimes maybe you'd want another big in there so Pascal can play the the uh, power four position, but I feel like we live in a Nick Nurse world where if he could play his players forty two minutes a game, he if Nick Nurse could force double overtime every game and have Fred Van Fleet play 58 minutes a game. I feel like he would do that. Mm -hmm. So I think usually like you're thinking about who's going to come on five minutes into the game or six minutes into the game. But since everyone's going to play so long, I feel like we're going to get whatever lineups we get with the Raptors. It's a lot of, it's a lot of bigs on the bench right now, but. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of the, you know, that sort of like a Spider-Man meme coming off the bench, uh, but not to start the game. Like, you, you know, yeah, I think Thaddeus Young, Porter, Precious, uh, and Boucher are all roughly the same height. Um, yeah. And I think those are those four guys, I would say, are, are, are the guys slotted to be the first four off the bench. Um, and Cam Burch. And, and Ken Birch, right. So that, that, that makes 10. Um, and then you throw in guys like, you know, Malachi, Delano, Coloco. Um, that brings us all the way to 12. Um, so maybe those guys will feature in the lineup as well. But uh, yeah, our, our starting lineup is, is kind of small, I guess. Um, I'll say this. I have been on the side of, I feel like there's this argument that you have Gary as a gunslinger off the bench. And I think that the quality of shots a guy like Gary will get on the bench are worse. And I think having him on the starting lineup helps spread out, uh, you know, uh, Barnes and, uh, and Pascal, which, you know, are not above average uh, three point shooters in, in the league. It also gives those guys the people to pass to, um, I love Precious, but uh, my my thing with Precious is I want him to be so overwhelmingly good that Nurse is forced to bring Gary to the bench. Not like we think that Precious will probably emerge. Like I want him to be closing game after game after game because he's just winning. Mm -hmm. That's how I see. Like I feel like Precious is on the way to doing that, but I just want to see it happen and sort of like. I guess like kind of keep that lightning in a bottle until it's undeniable. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, Sheldon, where are you at with, uh, with the starting lineup stuff? I totally agree with you exactly with what you just said. I think Gary Trent Jr. has to start because the way the Raptors team is, is currently constructed. They, their biggest thing that they lack is shooting. Despite the fact that their style of play that they want to play involves a lot of shooting threes. So instead of having, if you have precious in that starting lineup, you kind of have would then be in the scenario where you have Precious, Scotty Barnes, and Pascal, and really OG trying to operate that same kind of like you want those guys to be operating from the foul line downhill. Mm-hmm. And if they're all in that space, then you're crowding the paint, and this game looks like a game played in the 90s. And that's not how the Raptors want to play. They want to have space. And by having Gary Trent Jr. not clog up that area he's on the three-point line, that spaces everything out. That gives more room for Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam to operate where you want them to be, and that's foul line going downhill 
towards the basket. I just think the spacing helps so much having that extra shooter out there for a team that let's be honest, doesn't have a lot of shooting. Like when we Mm -hmm. really break it down, who are your trusted three point shooters on this team? It's Gary Trent jr. And it's Fred. Everyone else is kind of like, yeah, if it goes in cool, but you don't really like, you're not hoping for them to shoot threes all the time. Right. Like they shoot it and you're kind of like, uh, right. And that's not, and that, and that's not a knock. It's just, it's cool that Pascal can shoot threes, but you don't really want him to be settling for those shots. Right. right? And further to your point, Freddie, I think um, precious is better shoot suited to come off the bench as that energy guy, the role that we've seen played by Chris Boucher in years past. I think you hand over those keys to, to precious now and your job is just to bring energy to change the flow of whatever's going on in the game early on in that first quarter, you're coming in with an extra boost off the bench, energy, rebounding, shot blocking, running the floor. Precious is better suited than that, than having Gary Trent Jr. come off the bench and just trying to go iso ball and jack up shots because he hasn't shot the ball yet. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, Gary in a contract year, we could see, (laughs) we could see that. Right. And, you know, there's the assumption that he'll immediately dive into like the, uh, Lou Williams role or, or the Jordan Clarkson role. But, mm-hmm. you know, the the downside of that is a guy who's like a bit over eager. And, you know, let's say Gary's coming off the bench. He might be like, under no circumstance am I passing the ball to Boucher. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas like, I think he's playing with Pascal and he's like, ah, I better keep it and moving. You know, you're, you're right too. The biggest thing that you said there that I totally agree with was the shots that Gary Trent Jr. will get playing with Pascal and Fred because, and Scotty, because of the attention that they'll get the open threes that he can live off of. I mean, that's going to just be better for him and the team overall. Right. I'm interested yeah. to see where Otto Porter fits into and where, how Otto Porter's going to get fed, how he's going to be able to get his three-point shot off. Because, I mean, is he going to be the first off the bench? Is he going to be the second off the bench? Like, where is Otto Porter going to come out and who's he going to be able to play with who can give him those passes? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, like, you know, part of what, you know, uh, starts to happen with preseason is – we, we kind of are like looking at the team and we start to kind of, you know, have these machinations going in our head, but it's not a, you know, it's like this, this, if you don't start the season 100% healthy and I think he's got like a hamstring thing um, and he has an injury history, it's sort of like already you're kind of working from this space of like, well, he's not healthy. And then like when he gets healthy, where will we be? And Malachi, you know, broke a part of his face. Um, so I think like, uh, that's a great point because, um, I, you know, I totally agree with Sheldon that Gary and Fred are the two guys when they shoot, you expect it to go in, but I will say, you know, in fairness to OG, he had like a, a league average or above slightly, uh, you know, league average three point uh, percentage and uh, auto does uh, have an above average uh, three point percentage as well, um, you know, on his career. But, uh, you know, it's, it's more so a catch and shoot guy. Like he's not like that guy you can give the ball where he can, you know, do a couple crossovers and, and pop a three. Like he's, he's waiting there uh, in the corner sort of thing. Um Otto is is huge for this team, and I think not seeing him in preseason, it's kind of like, wait, should we have gotten like four autos 
<laughs> because I do think, yeah, this, there's going to be stretches of this season where you, we look at the board and it's like the Raptors are two of 30 from three. Um, yeah. You know, there's going to be some times where, where that happens. And I think that leads us into our, our next segment pretty well. Uh, people who listen to this podcast know uh, I'm, I'm super high on this Raptors team in the regular season um, as far as wins and over under sort of thing. Uh, But uh, I'm bringing in Adam to shake things up a a little bit because I think, uh, you know, we disagree here, but the fans need to hear it. You know, you can't just have my unbridled optimism here. Uh, I took a list. Uh, There's a bunch of different over unders lists, but the one I have uh, is the, uh, I don't know. It's from a website called Covers, whatever. <laughs> but um, it has the Raptors at forty-five point five uh, on the season, uh, and and Adam, I assume you know if you were to put money on that uh, based on our conversations, you would be taking the under. Um, I don't know about the under. Also, okay. forty-five is crazy because I've been seeing forty. I, I thought forty-six was the the line that. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, forty-five feel- is pretty insane. Feel free to go off, you know, whatever, because I've also seen 47. So, you know, go off like just sort of like where you think the Raptors will finish regular season win wise. Well, I feel like it's going to be like I just think it's I, I, I just think it's a stay away. I never said under, but I, I do think it's like a definite stay away for me because like it's yeah, 47, 47 wins is one less than last season. But the East got so much better. And I brought stats, Freddie. Oh, Maybe. give me the stats. Oh, I like it. I like it. Give me it. Give me it. Last year, the Toronto Raptors got 20 wins on star-laden teams, Freddie and Sheldon. Teams with stars. This is a okay. this is a stat I just made up. Star-laden wins. <laughs> okay. They had 20 of them. People come here for the made-up stats, man. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> SLW. <laughs> Can you guess out of those 20 star-laden victories, how many of those came with stars resting or injured? Sheldon, we'll start with you. Out of 20, I'm going to say uh, 16. Freddie? I'm, I'm going to say 12. The answer is 15. So Sheldon, oh. um, unfortunately, you went over, and this is <sighs> Bryce's Survivor. <Rose. laughs> Damn it. Um, Sixers, no Embiid, no Hart. Bucks, no Giannis. Warriors, no Curry, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins. Clippers, no Kawhi, PG, happened twice. Bucks, no Giannis. Jazz, no Gobert, no Mitchell. Heat, back-to-back, no Kyle Lowry. Nets, back-to-back, no KD, no Irving. Suns without Paul. Lakers, no AD. Nuggets, Murray. Clippers, Kawhi, PG. Celtics, Brown, and Tatum. Now, I feel like that, out of, I feel like that, obviously, like, there's going to be injuries and we're going to run into injured teams again, but... (laughs) 20, like 15 times is a lot, especially in a year where everyone is expected like to play. Who's the most injured star right now? Lonzo Ball. LaMelo as well? Uh, LaMelo just has like a tweet. I think he sprained his ankle. hmm. Hmm. No, yeah, it's it's a good point. I don't really know. Yeah. What superstar is it's actually it's actually one of the healthier probably the Lakers offenses. someone with the Lakers just the Lakers in general mm-hmm. with AD and AD, AD and LeBron the season? is he expected to start 
Yeah, but the over-under so. of times that he falls down in game one is still yeah. set at three and a half. <laughs> but but cur- currently, the league – I don't know if the league has ever been this healthy before. Like, Yeah, it's a good point. Every, everyone is – Everyone is healthy going into the season. So that's where I'm kind of like, because I watched a lot of, and I know this stat. I know this star-laden stat because all of the Raptors games I went to last year were against teams who were resting their best player. Like, yep. I can't tell you how many games I went to last year that I paid like a lot of money to see Giannis and he didn't play. And that was announced like an hour before the game. I went to see the Grizzlies oh, yeah. and John Morant didn't play. I think I went to see one of these Nets games. It was nuts how many. Like Steph Curry. And I feel like a lot of that last year was because players didn't want to get COVID, get stuck in Canada and have to stay here for five days. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the Raptors are going to be better. Just the East is going to be so much better than it was last year. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just worried on taking the over on a lot of East teams. I think very, very fair points. Um, my, I, I think my main, like, I guess, counter, I don't have the stat, but I'm curious how many games the Raptors lost um, when Fred, an all-star, didn't play or Siakam, an all-NBA player, didn't play. Um so I'm not sure what the combination of games there, but I feel like some of this comes out in the wash to a certain degree. Um, but I think it's, it's very, very valuable point. Um, I, I also, that's you know, true. I, I don't think Fred and Pascal were that <laughs> injured though. When you compare them like to other superstars in the league, like Murray and AD and all these, like they, they met, like, did they even miss 20 games? Like, cause I think like, miss time, but. Yeah, I think like Pascal missed the first chunk of the season last year, right? And then Freddie, once he got named to the all-star team, that kind of, you know, then tailed off towards the end of the year in terms of his consistency of being Mm -hmm. in the lineup. But I think overall for this Raptors team, I think injuries are just going to play a factor because they always do. Right. Like Mm -hmm. between Fred, Pascal, OG, those guys miss around 15 games a year like it just kind of somehow yeah. works out that way i mean i don't know how or the reason or why or you know is that like is there a reason for it i have no idea but in terms of looking at that over under number i'm going slightly under slightly oh, just because i think they'll be over 500 but not by a lot and it's for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned right like the east has just gotten a whole lot better i think that'll be the toughest portion of it last year you're right the covid stuff with uh players not being sent across the border to come back across and all the testing that was involved with that last year that did give the raptors a lot of extra wins right that we forget about now and obviously that doesn't matter because it's the same thing on the scoreboard right it counts as a w yeah um but just looking at this season i think the raptors are the perfect example of what i like to call you know, just the team that if you try really hard in the NBA, you're a 500 team. You can talent is somewhat equal, right? Beyond like the top tier superstars in the league. But for the most part, everyone, you're, you're relatively the same, but the Raptors, you know, with Nick nurse, the way that he coaches that team, they're going to come out and they're going to play hard every game. And that's going to guarantee you 500. My biggest worry about this team is all the other stuff that we don't really know about. That's always like speculation, right? So how are people going to react to their contracts being up? How are people going to react to Scotty Barnes needing to take another step, right? Like that's 
those shots are going to come away from someone else. We already mm-hmm. heard the OG rumblings in the offseason about unhappy with his role. Like, do we know if that's true or not? I don't know, but I don't think that comes from nowhere. Like, that's not just something that someone made up and just threw out there, right? So, because let's be honest, Scotty Barnes passed OG in the pecking order like halfway through the year last season. That, like, we all saw it happen. And if you're OG, you can't be, you're not thrilled about that when every season for the last five years it's been, is this the year OG takes a step? Is this the year OG takes a step? And now you just got leapfrogged by Scotty Barnes. So you have that happening. You have Fred, is he going to continue to try to be an all-star and get busy and get the buckets that he needs to have the stats that he needs to get into the all-star game again? And then you have Pascal. He wants to be a top five player. That's a lot of things going on within a roster that, let's be honest, all these guys are kind of around the same level of good, right? Like Pascal's not way better than Scotty Barnes. Fred's not way better than OG. Like these guys are all kind of close and similar. And I bet you they all think that they're the best player on the team. I'm interested in seeing how that stuff all plays out throughout this season. And for that reason, that's why I think it'll be, you know, kind of a weird, there'll be some weird moments where guys just like trying to get their shots up, trying to figure out what the pecking order is on this team. Cause right now I don't know what it is. I know what they want us to think that it is, but shouldn't it be Scotty's time? The Raptors have never been the hipster team. Like we've never been the team that everyone is like buying in on. I feel like this year it's like us and the Nuggets. And it's just, I just hate being this like team that everyone expects us to be good. So I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this on this pod before. And I think that everyone misunderstands what this Raptors team is. Meaning like we talk so much about, oh, they just get a bunch of six, nine guys. Like, I don't think Masai Ujiri thinks he's going to win like that. I just think he's accumulating assets. Mm -hmm. So everyone looks at the team and they're like, oh, the Raptors play this weird play, this weird style of play. And they have a bunch of guys that are all the same and they're interchangeable. And it's like, no, no, no. He's accumulating assets so that he can trade one of them to try to get Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell or whoever, insert disgruntled superstar, right? At Mm -hmm. whatever point. But with that said, like this team, you have Scotty Barnes, you have Pascal, you have OG. And again, I'll say it again. They all want to occupy the same touches and the same spaces on the floor. Mm-hmm. How is that going to work? Right. And give Nick Nurse credit for being able to juggle all that and figure all that out. That's why he is one of the best coaches in the league and why the team won't fall off. And there won't be like some huge, you know, blow up or Draymond Jordan pool situation. But Still, you, you got to figure out what the hierarchy is, right? When you need a bucket, who are you going to? How are you getting that bucket? Those are the things that I'm going to be super interested in seeing throughout this season because Scotty Barnes is coming. Scotty Barnes needs to, we need to see what you have with Scotty Barnes because you're going to have to make some decisions soon on Fred, on Pascal, on OG, because you, you got to fill out the roster into a more, I don't want to say traditional because that's not it, but just a, a roster that fits together more in terms of having more guard play, more shooting that still plays defense as well. Yeah, I think um, good, I think lot, lots of good points all, all around. And I do think uh, a couple interesting points, um, you know, the Rapster, the, the the Raptors being like this, like hipster team, we usually are the team uh, 
uh, I think we've outperformed the Vegas like over under for like what, what are like something crazy like twelve out of the last thirteen years or whatever. Clearly, like one thing I heard is that um, not enough Canadians bet in Vegas, so they like they purposely have it low <laughs> so that people want to partake. Yeah. Uh, and sort of the opposite for a place like LA where so many people are going from LA to Vegas on a regular basis that they can, you know, they don't have to do that for the Lakers. Um, but yeah, I think where, where I'm coming from with this team, I, I do think it's a valid point to talk about like everyone sort of, you know, needing these personal accomplishments. I feel like where I'm at is that I think there's a good enough nucleus um, in that if we are winning, uh, you know, things like Scotty needing more touches, OG's role, uh, Pascal wanting to, you know, be an all NBA guy again. I think that sort of falls into place. And I've been saying a bunch, you know, like uh, on this pod, I really feel like this team, not 59 wins, but I think this team is giving me a bench mob vibes. I think we're not looking at Svi and Utah to sort of fill minutes at any point in the season. Uh, I think we are the guys that are going to be coming off the bench. You know, if Pascal, uh, you know, just back to a, a couple minutes ago, um, pa- uh, Fred played 65 games. Uh, OG played 48 games. So missed almost half a season and Pascal played 68 games. Um, and, you know, I, I, for me, I still have OG over, uh, Barnes uh, as a player, but I think as far as like stature, Barnes for sure. Barnes might even be the most like high stature guy on the team, like including Pascal and Fred, uh, as far as like expectations and what he's going to be and personality and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think this team is significantly like deeper through 12 guys. I, don't think we have a scary starting lineup. I think there's going to be a lot of first quarters where we're losing. Um, but I feel like that in the, you know, I was saying this uh, last week, I feel like in the middle of the game, we're going to wear teams down. I also think we're going to go through some shooting slumps. So I am a bang the over guy, but only because I feel like the attrition of 82 games, I feel like this roster is built for that. But Hey, you know, uh, maybe I got to reflect a little bit because I've been, uh, you know, drinking too much of the Kool-Aid and both you guys, you know, you have good points about this team sort of, um, yeah, like a lot needs to go right. And we don't have, we don't have like, like a bunch of bona fide superstars to like insure us, you know, we don't have a, a guy necessarily to carry us to 52 wins, depending on what you think about Pascal. Well, um, Pascal plays the way he did for the last 30 games of the season. We do. Right. But yeah, and I that's, think that's a possibility. If we have 13 all NBA Pascal, it's going to be, you know, that's going to be a smash the over situation. Right. But yeah. To, and, and I think he did once he did get healthy and, you know, he started killing it. But like, I think if you look at his last like three years, there's, I, there's a good argument that, you know, there's been some inconsistency and there's also a good argument that it's been circumstantial. I fall in the circumstantial uh, point with Tampa and the shoulder and everything. But I mean, I think a lot of people fall in the category of like, you know, there's some inconsistencies there with the three, et cetera. Um, but uh, it should be interesting. Uh, I, I want to move on to some NBA stuff. Uh, if that's okay with you guys, uh, I hope cool. I didn't take, take up all the airspace there. Um, Matty D 
please give me your weirdest weird owl NBA sting. <laughs> this is Adam Silver. Yes. I like it. This is Adam Silver Hong Kong by Weird Al, <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. Um, uh, let's uh, bring in Maddie, first of all. Um, and Maddie, uh, I'm going to start with you because oh uh, I feel like, yeah, that's right. Because um, <laughs> I like when things go a bit off the rail here uh, and, and Maddie will take it off the rail real quick. Um <laughs> We know about the unicorn players, uh, the you know, like the, the Porzingis, the uh, Giannis, I guess he's referred to as the freak. Um, but uh, uh, with Victor, uh, LeBron is calling him an alien, which is pretty funny. Um, I don't know if anyone was able to watch the uh, Victor Scoot games. Super entertaining. I'm um, very into the G League uh, Unite and what that's doing for the league. Uh, but that's, you know, uh, for a different time. But Victor is a very generational prospect. I think, you know, it's it's widely agreed whether, yeah, he's like LeBron level or Zion level or, you know, lesser than, I think. Again, leave it for another time. But the the word alien got me thinking about these descriptors for like, weird different players so uh maddie i want a magical descriptor um for a player in the league i want you to tell me what it's called and who it is and why okay so this was supposed to be uh, you know aimed at a specific player not just as a or a a group of players yeah i I think whichever way you take it well okay i I think you know like a pat beverly a draymond green guys that are a little bit scary uh you know they kind of haunt you a little bit i'd like Uh, to just be like just keep it simple and be like (laughs) but also very confusing be like yo this guy is it this guy is it oh what do you mean by it like the it clown, like he's like this. <laughs> okay, this great. I'm glad I started with you. This is awesome. Wait a minute, hold on, Matt. You know, <laughs> you know, his name is Pennywise, right? It's not, not a lot of people know him it. by his birth name. He <laughs> is known as the it clown by many a people. I think they'll know what we're talking about. He's it now, they really know it's Pennywise. <laughs> And it can go both ways. We can it, it can mean the, the Pennywise the clown. It could also just mean like he's the real McCoy. Like he's he's a, he's like you know highly skilled, very aggressive. Uh, these these Bev type green type guys they do kind of scare me. Uh, I have had the chance to sit courtside once in my life, and I've been underneath those basketball players. I did not get to see Draymond Green or Patrick Beverly play, but I'll tell you, if I was down there with them, I would, you know, be hoping I had a gang of friends that could help me protect against these its. Uh, so, you know, yeah, if we could get, you know, a player is uh, it, he's, uh, this guy's really it, uh, I'll be happy, you know, let's try to get that thing out there. Matt, can I ask um, you a question? Yeah, yeah. Do you refer to Freddy Krueger as the Nightmare on Elm Street monster? <laughs> yeah, the Burn, the Burn Man. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I don't call them by their birth names. I, uh, I've already made that apparent. <laughs> uh, well played, well played. 
Good stuff, Maddie. Uh, so it's uh, <laughs> forget about Pennywise. It's the it's. Um, I think uh, you know uh, the the predator would be good for you because it's the predator, but it's also the movie. So. Uh, See, he doesn't have a name. Very happy with that. Yeah, that movie's nice and simple. Um, Adam, let's let's go to you next. Uh, yeah, uh, like I mean, that's uh, that's you know. The, the it's is it, is it kind of, is that great. Um, uh, Adam, do you have a category or one specific player? What are they called? What's the deal? Yes, Freddie. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. <laughs> I believe that um, Victor Wembanyama, I believe coming into the league as he is in the year 2023, coinciding with the 30th anniversary of the Mortal Kombat franchise, oh. referred to him as Agoro. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay. He's so long, it's like he has four arms, just like Goro, the popular character from the it's Mortal true. Kombat franchise. <laughs> yep. Any Mortal Kombat reference is good with me. Uh, I thought you were maybe going the, the Kano direction. For Kano. Anyone, that wears, anyone that wears a mask. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah. Or anyone who has a huge uh, uh, silver arm. Yeah. 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 Big silver arm is a dead giveaway for a Kano. Um, Goro. Love any Goro reference. Cheers. Uh, uh, and by the way, one of my favorite animated characters um, looks good in every Mortal Kombat. Just <laughs> top-notch uh, animation CGI there. Uh, Sheldon, uh, who's your player or players, <laughs> and what what yeah what are you bringing into the league? What kind of monster or magical? Yeah, so so I'll stick with the movie theme here because I was thinking along the lines of like Zion or even you know Giannis, like these crazy freak athletes, but taking mm-hmm. it to the monsters. Because Zion is like, you know how the Monsters were like the regular NBA players, but then they yes, turn into. I do like, not. Z- Z- <laughs> yeah. By the way, Matt hasn't watched <laughs> half of Space Jam. Um, the, Matt watches ten movies a night, okay. um, and he hasn't watched Space Jam. So please hit him up in the comments. Ask him why. Thanks. Sorry. Like the original Space Jam. Yeah. He, he, see yeah. that? Like I didn't watch the LeBron one because why? But. Mm. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Matt hasn't watched the original one. No one knows why. Um, again, <laughs> yeah. hit him in the comments, ask him okay. why. I think he'll let the folks know. <laughs> so even if you're, if you haven't watched space jam, at least watch, you know, with the news of, you know, RIP Coolio, the Monstars music video, hit him high. Is that what it's called? Well, it's a space jam album. Coolio. Who's in that song? LL Coolio, uh, be real. Busta rhymes. Method Man, you'll yep. see the Monstars in that to know who I'm talking about. Maybe um, that's a less of a commitment. It's a two minute, <laughs> 30 second commitment as opposed to maybe an hour long movie. Plus, <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, it's a hype song. Yes, all right. All right. So I'll check it out. Track. I'll check it out. I can't promise you, but I will. I, I feel will. like it might, be in the, it might be in the episode art. I have a good feeling. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, I just think Zion is a beast. He is an animal. He is a freak of nature. He is just. You know, we haven't seen him in a full season at full tilt, but now hopefully we'll see that this year. And he has a really, really good team around him. It'll be the breakout for Zion, the monster, who I'm just talking like freaking natures that when you watch them do things like you didn't think the human body was capable of pulling these things off. And I think that when I see Giannis, uh, Victor Wembanyana, I, I was hesitating to even attempt to try to say his last name, 
Yeah, but, we'll, we'll all have it down in a couple months. Yeah, give me some time. You know, I feel like yeah. when I first started with Nowitzki, it took a second to get there, but then it just rolls off the tongue and you can spell it like nothing. Um, but yeah, I just think when you see you're watching that game and it doesn't really matter who he's playing against, like who's blocking his shot. Like my guy's seven, three taking step back threes, like has a handle. Like, it's insane. So I'm going with the Monstars because yeah, even if I saw it in a movie, I wouldn't yeah. believe it. Uh, yeah. Very good. I think uh, <laughs> Zion would definitely be like, if there was a, uh, you know, the a sequence where everyone gets changed into the monster, like Zion wouldn't change. Yeah, like exactly, it would just right? pan over to him and he would just like, I don't know, eat a piping hot bowl of chili and fine or whatever. <laughs> I, just I, don't know why, I don't know why he wouldn't burn himself, but that's, that's the monster power. Um, I have, I have hope this isn't a cop, but I have two cause they're both pretty dumb. Um, uh, one is anyone who waves their towel on their bench is a town crier. Um, <laughs> so just town if you're crier. doing anything with your towel, that's weird on the bench town crier. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you are, I mean, Steph's the main one here, um, but anyone that plays with their mouth card oh. vampire. Um, so if you're playing with your, yeah, cause I just feel like, you know, there, there's something going, there's some kind of like oral fixation there. Like, I don't know what the deal is, but you're a vampire if you're playing with your mouth guard. Um, yeah, that's the, that's it for me. I'll, I think the town crier is a better one. I was trying to think of a Banshee angle. Um, but Banshee is like, uh, I think like an Irish folklore crying thing. So I don't know what that is. Um, Okay, uh, we, we got nice and dumb here. Um, I think maybe Pennywise takes the uh, or, or the <laughs> it, it <laughs> takes the cake. Um, okay, let's finish this off. Uh, let's go to you uh, first, Sheldon. Um, we are going to go back to over unders. Okay, uh, and uh, I'm curious. G- give me. Uh, I mean, again, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be from the list I sent, but give me your uh, like easiest over. And your easiest under league-wide. Okay, so league-wide, where where do we want to start here? Where do we want to start here? Over or under? Let's start with over. Over? So I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets at 50 and a half. And the reason I'm going over is because I know there's so much turmoil with this team, especially from what happened last year, what's Mm -hmm. going on this year, and then the offseason and all that fun stuff. But everybody has something to prove. Kyrie is is playing for a paycheck. He needs to get his max contract next year. And normally we're in the situation with an NBA player where no matter what, he's going to get it because he's that talented and he has a resume and all that fun stuff. But only Kyrie Irving could do enough to fumble that bag. And now this whole season is just about him showing that he could be dependable and playing for a full season. If he's hurt, He's going to have to be really hurt to sit out because the way that people look at him, the perception of it the last few years has just changed. And we don't even need to get into the reasons for that, but we can say the same thing for Ben Simmons, another person who just needs to be on the court and show that he can play basketball for close to a full season. I mean, he can start with half a season because he's missed so much time, but you have so many guys with something to prove. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. We know who he is and what he's going to do. But I think the other good part of what they did with that team is bringing in a bunch of other guys who can actually play. Like Royce O'Neal is a great pickup for them as a depth piece who can fill in and give them solid minutes as opposed to the the corpse of Blake Griffin. 
right? Like they, they needed so much help in that postseason that they tried to trot back out Blake Griffin to give him a run at the end of that Celtic series. That's how desperate they were. But now you're telling me you get TJ Warren, you got Royce O'Neal to go with the bench that you already have with Seth Curry and Patty Mills. You just have more dudes on that team. You add in the Morris twin, which I never know which is which, but I just know it's a Morris <laughs> twin that's there. They're <laughs> kind of the same dude. Um, but yeah, you just have pieces on that team that fit better together that with Kyrie needing to be motivated with Ben Simmons needing to be motivated with the Kevin Durant, who's just going to ball. I think that team's going over the 50 because the other part is the lesson learned from last season is not to mess around with the regular season, because then you end up playing the Celtics in the first round. And that wasn't fun. They don't like that. You can't like that. That has to be the biggest lesson learned to take the regular season more seriously. So going over with the Nets. And I know that's an unpopular opinion and I totally get it. Totally get it. Totally understand. I just think too many guys have too many things to prove for that team. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that's pretty fair. I feel like, uh, you know, just uh, the only mini counter I'll say is like, it could be that, you know, you're talking about the Raptors earlier and like things to prove, I feel like can go in a couple different directions. Like if people aren't, aren't happy, but I am actually, uh, I, I think I'm one of the highest people on Ben Simmons that I know. Um, well, here's here's the thing, he's though. A talented guy, and I think he's going to have a huge season. But, but in the comparison that you use with the Raptors, right, the difference to me is you know what the food chain is in Brooklyn. You know Kevin Durant's going to get the ball. He's a shooter. Yes. Kyrie doesn't have to pretend to be a point guard anymore because you have Ben Simmons who doesn't want to shoot. Mm-hmm. So he's just there to facilitate and pass the ball to Kyrie and make Kyrie get some easier buckets, make KD get easier buckets. Joe Harris is coming back. He's going to get the most open shots he's ever had in his career. So yep. I think the piece is Curry. Seth Curry. The pieces just fit if they all play and buy in, which I feel like they should just because of the negative press that they've gotten over the last few years. But who knows? It's the NBA. Yeah. And I, I think just I'll, I'll like n- not this isn't like a counter or anything, but I think this is a really fun um, sort of like experiment to the whole, you know, people who are like anti player empowerment. It's like Durant, you know, sort of demanded a trade, didn't get it. Demanded the coaches would be fired. They didn't get fired. And I think, you know, for people who are like, oh, the players are doing this and that. It's like, well, depends on the ownership because the ownership in this regard was like, no, we're not trading you and we're not firing Nash. So we'll see how that pans out. And I think, you know, we saw with Simmons last year, he wanted to be traded and, you know, wouldn't play. And Philly was like, well, we'll trade you when we're good and ready. Um, But yeah, well, sorry, what's your under? Uh, the under, so I'm going with both the Spurs and Utah Jazz because this is more based on watching Victor play. And their unders yeah. are set at 22.5 for the Spurs and 24.5 for the Utah Jazz. They will definitely be in the teams. How could you not be? What's the point in going out there and trying to win 20 games as opposed to 12 games when that's on the line? And you just want to get into the bottom two because Scoop, I mean, he looked really good too. So, Scoot, sorry, pardon me. But you look at that and you think you have two just crazy, crazy prospects out there that both played head-to-head on primetime ESPN for everybody to see, and they both showed out. So if I'm the Jazz, who just gave away everybody, and if I'm the Spurs, who just have nobody to give away because they're just that bad, you're definitely going out there and trying to lose games. Pop already told us he's only here because his paycheck's good. 
Yeah. Like, was he was he joking? I don't know, but there's got to be truth to that, no? Hundred um, uh, percent. I'll, I'll just say the the Jazz are my team as well for the under. Uh, I Spurs. I just sometimes they're weird and they might like win more than you think because of pop. But I think the Jazz have truly gutted things down to like Snyder not being there, and anyone that is sort of okay is on the trade block. So I think the Jazz will, if they're getting a- anywhere near twenty games, they will continue to trade or bench people um so yeah the jazz the jazz are my team for that for sure under adam give me your over under what's up hi freddie great to be here thanks for having me on the podcast. happy to have you my over my over is the indiana pacers oh okay supposed to win 23 and a half games and i believe that that is not a lot of games to win and i think they can win more that's the point of this, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they might trade everyone as well, well but, but they, they haven't yet. So they're going to, they have a good, I feel like right now they have a team that's better than 23 and a half wins. But they, yeah. Buddy heel Turner. They got some players. Yeah. They, we've been talking about them trading, but they might not trade all these players until December. And then by then maybe they've won a few games, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're not worse mm-hmm. than the jazz or the Spurs or many other teams. So I'm not going to bet on it, but, uh, you know, uh, Indiana Pacers are my, my, my over team. And then my under teams are the, my under teams. I like the Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets Mm -hmm. because they are both in the late thirties. And I think that it's going to become apparent quickly that both of them are not good teams and they will start to lose games halfway through the season when when they discover that they are not probably not going to win the nba championship this year (laughs) right um yeah i think the knicks are at 38 and a half which is crazy to me Yeah, I, uh, I I totally agree about the but the Knicks and the Hornets. Hornets especially, I think the Hornets are. Um, I was just talking to a friend of the podcast, uh, Matt McCready. The Hornets are my like um, blow it up uh, candidate team because I think that uh, Lamelo is awesome, but I don't think that they're like very asset rich. I don't think their core is anywhere near one of the top cores in the NBA, and I think. As you know, you guys have said a bunch uh, in the pod. The East has gotten so much better. I think they're they're not like they're not they don't have any excuse to like sort of not be as good as like Atlanta or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's, I, like, it's like Philly, Boston, Toronto, Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Miami. Those are nine teams that are going to be good. So it's like mm-hmm. it's it's going to come down to like. Washington, Charlotte, New York, all the fight for the last play in. Mm-hmm. Even Detroit, maybe, right? Even yeah, I think Detroit. Detroit will be I think Detroit will be pretty nice. Detroit was was gonna be my next team that I was gonna hit with the over. Just because yeah. I think, you know, Casey Casey being able to teach the young bucks. I mean, we witnessed that first half, firsthand experience, right? Of seeing what he does with young players, getting them to buy in the playing totally. defense and learning how to win. What was it, pound the rock? You know, that whole thing. I mean, they got young pieces now. That team's got to be turning that into some wins at some point, and why not this year? And let's not forget that yep. Detroit has three penciled-in scheduled wins against the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> every single season. 
right? Yep. So definitely smash that over with the truck. Yep. Yeah. Casey's going to come in and he's going to be like, guess what? I know these plays. <laughs> uh, and he'll do his thing. And then the team will be fired up and they'll be celebrating a bit too hard. And Raptors <laughs> fans will be like, shit, this keeps getting weirder. Um, uh, I Good picks all around. My my over, uh, my, my under is a jazz. My over uh, is the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 52 and a half. Uh, I think I was going to think about picking Boston for this. Think about picking the Warriors, but I'm going with the Bucks. I just think 52 and a half, uh, I, you know, like 52 and a half wins if Giannis misses half the season. Um, but he's one of the healthiest superstars in recent memory. And I think, they, uh, I forget where they finished standings wise last year. What was it? They had 51 wins with Lopez missing almost the entire season. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, uh, I could see them getting 55 wins like very easily. I could see them getting like 58 wins, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit of an aging core, but that that's my team. Um, and I think uh, that about does it for the pod, guys. Uh, thank you both so much for joining, for doing the podcast. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's been listening and supporting. Um, First, let me go to you, Adam. What's up? Uh, I know you're in Calgary right now. Yeah. Uh, Plug. What's going down? You know, what's, what's up for you? I'm going to plug all of our over-unders. If you (laughs) just go, if, even if you don't have money, go borrow it and go right to Las Vegas and start betting on all these over-unders. Great. Great. It might be irresponsible to say, but, uh, Foolproof way to make uh, double your money. Yeah, not irresponsible at all. Um, life, life savings. Brooklyn, uh, it's over. Uh, guys, uh, check out Adam Christie. Uh, follow him on on some kind of social media. He's amazing. Um, Sheldon, what's up? <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Instagram, Sheldon Alexander. And uh, yeah, we got the On Blast podcast going right now. We're in the middle of the football season. We're on a bit of a wave here. So, I mean, if you're rolling with our over-unders, you might as well roll up my picks against the spread. Red hot the last two weeks. So, yeah, continue to bet everything. Bet the farm, bet the mortgage, all that fun (laughs) stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm being facetious, but the picks have been pretty good. The last no, time. no, I'm just like, I love how bet heavy we are. <laughs> <laughs> right? Where did that come from? Uh, and yeah, Raptor season about to kick off. So yeah, we got 41 games on Sportsnet, and that'll be a lot of fun as well. Amazing. Um, uh, Maddie, uh, what's up? What do you want yeah. to let people know before we, we, uh, we peace out of here? Thanks for listening. If you watched us on YouTube, those two segments that we put up, thank you. Please like, please subscribe, please comment. If you want to listen to the whole episode, go to the Rapcast on your favorite podcatcher, and you can listen there to the full thing. Make sure to click on the guests' names in the description as well. That will take you to their social media. And as we said last week, Raptors Republic is starting a paywall for their editorials and stuff. So go to raptorsrepublic.com slash subscribe. Get on that paywall because it's, I think it's going up on the 18th. So you won't be able to read articles anymore, or the majority of them anyway, uh, after that date. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, thanks for listening all these years to our old fans in season 10. Here we go. All right. Beautiful. Um Let's uh, let's do this, Matty D. If you feel like we're done and we're good to go, please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. <laughs> okay.
Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. 